Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about the Mi'kmaq people and the Halibu First Nation. I'm Glenn Wheeler. The new Halibu Council will be sworn in on November 23rd. Among the new faces will be Randy Drover, the new Central Vice Chief. In that role, he'll be one of the three power players on the new council, along with Chief Brendan Mitchell and Western Vice Chief Keith Cormier. That three-person executive will oversee ban matters between council meetings and determine what does and does not get on the council agenda. I caught up with Randy Drover after he had spent some time in the woods. He told me he hopes there can be more negotiations with Canada on enrollment now that seven Liberal MPs from Newfoundland are trying to get re-elected. He says he'd also like to get into talks with the Feds on hunting and fishing rights. I asked him about all that and about whether he can say no to Brendan Mitchell. First things first, did you get your moose? Yes. Well, I, got, I was actually hunting for my uh, buddy's moose uh, this weekend, but we did get them, yes, Saturday morning, an hour and a half, um, hour and a half after we left the cabin. We, we had the 12-point bowl, so. Well, it was a good week for you. You were elected, <laughs> and then you got your moose, so uh, you, had a, you had a good week. I definitely did, yeah. Yes. A little bit sore today, not from the election, though, but from uh, <laughs> carrying, carrying the moose out from the cutover. In your day job, you were the town clerk for Bishop's Falls, and you were born and raised in Bishop's Falls. Yes. Uh, you have a master's in public administration from uh, Dalhousie. Many people of your generation would have left Bishop's Falls and gone to wherever, the mainland most likely, but you stayed in Bishop's Falls. Why uh, Why did you stay? Um, to be honest, I like the uh, lifestyle. I very much am, uh, I grew up on the land and the land around bishops, and I could never really fully disconnect from it. And I think that as much, and I mean, I have tried things in my life to uh, branch out and do different things, but ultimately, I just enjoy the rural lifestyle here so much and, and being able to go to my cabin and hunt and fish and things like that, that I just, I, I couldn't give it up. So I just worked and, and found a balance that I could uh, work in uh, my hometown and uh, contribute to my uh, Mi'kmaq community. And so that that's why I'm here. Mm. You won uh, pretty uh, handily over uh, Joe Buzan. You got 240 to 145 for Joe. Were you surprised at the result? Did you think it might be closer? Um. I- Yes, I mean I'm always uh, humble. I never take elections for granted, um, and I'm always humbled by uh, whatever results come back, win or lose. So, uh, yes, surprise, because I mean you know ultimately the people they they make that choice, and and I just offer uh, myself and put the things out there that I will do, and um, then the people decide. So, yeah, yeah, I was. In your In your past life, you were involved with the Federation of Newfoundland Indians, the FNI. And, of course, in more recent times, the FNI is in uh, bad odor, uh, I think, with many people for its involvement in negotiating the supplemental agreement. Did that come up in the campaign? Did people associate you with the FNI, and did you have to defend your role in the FNI? 
Yes, it did. Yeah, it came up. Um, it came up in the meetings that we had in Gander and Grand Falls. And and one thing about it, I have never uh, prevaricated when confronted with that question. I was a part of the uh, board of directors that uh, did vote for that, and um, I owned it. And back when I, I think it was in 2013, later, probably around December, I had meetings in Grand Falls, and if I recall correctly, it would have been Appleton or uh, Glenwood to advise people about the outcome of it and in that meeting uh, people were not pleased then so I've never I've never walked away from it I owned it um, I believe that it was the uh, you know at the time while a very unfortunate uh, outcome that has come from it and has hurt my family too I believe that at the time it was the it was the only option that we had to mitigate the damage I mean I think that you know the government of Canada held a lot of had a lot of authority over that process, and they were intent on resolving the issues that it saw there. So yeah, it did come up, and um, but uh, I mean, I I've never walked away from that when when asked about it. Do you regret the way you voted at the time? Would you vote differently if you had to do it over again? It, it, I mean, I think the obvious question is to that is yes, and, and hindsight is always uh, beneficial when we look at these cases, and I think that's the important thing to do is to learn from it. And I mean, the vote itself, I think there would have been a lot of different things back then that we could have done to, to, uh, you know, improve the situation. But unfortunately, we don't have that. I mean, we can't go back in time and change things. So all we can do is learn from the past and then look forward, which is why that's kind of where I focus. So yeah, we do have things that we have to repair in this process. Our family members need to be brought back to demand or given an opportunity to come back, how we get there, I think it's going to be a very important conversation that our community has. So I think that it's going to take a new regime or a new approach with government. And I know that some MPs have already opened the door to those conversations. So I'm hoping that we're going to be able to use them. So, I mean, you know, we need to learn from the past and and we have to start working on things now to get people back that should be here. So, Can you say a little bit more about that? I mean, we, we've assumed that... Um the courts are the only option at this point, but it sounds like from what you've heard from some liberal MPs that uh, there might be some possibility of negotiation with uh, with Canada on our moment. And I'm hoping so, Glenn. I mean, yes, we, we need to let the court processes work out and, and however it comes there. But I mean, I think that we need to have another conversation with Canada outside of the AIP and the supplemental agreement that that's in place needs to be a new conversation with Canada, a fresh conversation with Canada. And, um, I mean, you know, there is a federal election that's coming up next year. I think that, uh, so, you know, the van in, in, in short order needs to get its thoughts together in full consultation with our membership and, and get their feelings on it. And uh, we need to get a new uh, proposal, for lack of a better word, in place that we can go to Canada and start that conversation. They've been pretty dug in, though, um... And uh, what the chief has said is that uh, he's been um, sort of more or less frozen out by, MP- by the Liberal MPs from Newfoundland. Uh, they don't want to talk about it. Um, the minister won't talk to him about it. And um, they've, they're completely dug in. So uh, despite all that, you have some hope that they might change their tune. I think, yeah, we need to have hope, and uh, I would hope that uh, that they would, again, start a new dialogue, um, you know, and that's all we can do. We can work towards it. We can get our thoughts together, and we just need to hope that they're going to listen to us and move forward. So, Hmm. Now, um, Joe Brazan and Chief Brendan Mitchell had a um, a difficult relationship, or, you know, it might be more accurate to say no relationship at all except a relationship of, uh, of mistrust. 
Um, what kind of relationship do you think you will have with Brendan Mitchell? Um, well, I mean, I think the way I conduct myself, Glenn, and it's not – I'm going to have a productive working relationship with all people of counsel. Um, you know, uh, that, that's just how I operate. I mean, there's times that um, I'm going to disagree because I'm going to work for the central region, um, but I'm going to do it productively. So, And, and that will be for, for whomever I work with. So, I mean, I can't see myself having a, you know, a, a bad relationship with Chief Mitchell, nor can I see myself having a bad relationship with any of the other members of council because that's just how I operate. I, I try to keep things productive, constructive, and moving forward. and so I, I, I think that my relationship with all of council will be will be good. Are you prepared to say no to Brendan Mitchell? Oh my God, yes, and I think that he will be open to hearing no. I think that that's just how it works. Healthy conversations need to have that balance in them. That you know, yes, we we can disagree on issues, but we we um, we you know that conversation in itself can lead to a better outcome, mm -hmm. uh, so a better policy choice. So I, I you know I can't see. Uh, Brendan being opposed to that. How do you see the uh, the structure working? The in the past council we didn't have an executive really. There were vice chiefs in name, but not uh, it wasn't a functional arrangement. So now with uh, Keith Cormier being uh, Western vice chief and you Central vice chief, uh, with the chief you are the executive. How do you mm -hmm. see that body of three working? Well, I, I would think that we would have structure around it, and uh, I mean, I know these are the things that we're going to be having conversations about um, at an executive level, I'm sure, in, in the not-too-distant future. But I mean, there will be regular meetings with regular items that we will be discussing, uh, working on the strategy. I mean, there's within the band itself now, you there mean, are already... You mean meetings of the, of the three-person executive? Yeah, the executive committee, yeah. So, I mean, because, I mean, I think right now, even within the band, there's a structure that's around that uh, process anyway in terms of what the mandate of the executive committee is and that kind of thing. So, I mean, I see us having uh, regular meetings where we would address those issues and discuss them and, you know, bring things and, and have things ready for council so that when we get to the council table, we can have some of that research done, some of those issues fleshed out. So, uh, I see that the executive committee is going to work great together and, um we're going to be, like I said, having regular meetings based on that mandate that's assigned to us by council. And what, how would those meetings work? Would they be in-camera meetings or public meetings? Uh, that I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think most times, I mean, at least it's been my, um, my experience here at a municipal level, a lot of those meetings are in privilege. But, I mean, what, what comes out of them is all ratified in public settings anyway. But, I mean, I, I really don't know, Glenn, how that's going to be structured. In your uh, platform, you said there should be a fair distribution of Halibut jobs in Central. Central mm -hmm. has 11% of the Halibut membership. So what number of jobs would be fair for Central? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I think that, uh, I mean, right now, as it stands, we do have resources here in Central. Uh, we have uh, resources in Grand Falls and we have resources in Glenwood. What I hear, though, is that people do think that um, a greater presence is needed. And, um, you know, some people feel, and I agree with them, that, you know, perhaps there should be departments based out of here, divisions based out of here, so that, you know, you have a director, you have senior managers that are based here, and then employees will work around them. So, I mean, and now that's not to say that we would shift any of the existing and resources that we have now into central and stuff. And, but, I mean, I think that's where people 
Um, that's where people want to see go. There's no magic number to put on that, uh, Glenn, uh, to be honest. I don't, I don't think I can get there today. But I mean, that's the feeling that I, I'm getting from the members here in Central is that they want to see a bigger presence uh, of Hallyview here beyond what they have now. And they recognize what they have now. They definitely do, but they want to see more. So they want to, that, so that's where we're going to go with things and we're going to work that out here and we're going to be very uh, strategic in terms of what we think our members here in Central need and we're going to be presenting that to Council. If if Central has only 11% of the membership, uh, does it raise uh, issues of membership access if, uh, depending on what their needs are, the other 90% of the membership would have to, might have to travel to, to Central to, if they want to see someone in person? Well, we don't know what services we're talking about right now. And I mean, as it stands, we do have, um, you know, as someone who works with our health programs that's based out of Glenwood that deals with a lot of member inquiries band-wide. So, I mean, there there are ways that we can get around it, but, I mean, we're talking in the hypothetical there because we, we don't really know at this point what should, um, you know, what department division should be based out of here. So, but, I mean, there's lots of ways that we can talk about um, service access and things like that, and those are all, all that information will factor into the conversation we'll have about it. Uh, another thing you talked about uh, during the campaign, and this is something that there's a lot of interest in, is hunting and fishing rights. And um, you mentioned the very unfortunate uh, Drew decision, which was a mm -hmm. court decision involving uh, Miel Begeg trying to get access to um, uh, the Bay du Nord uh, wilderness area down in the Con River uh, area. And uh, what the Newfoundland Court of Appeals said was that Mi'kmaq didn't arrive in on the island of Newfoundland until the Europeans did and came with them. And therefore, based on that, um, uh, they did not recognize uh, the rights asserted by, uh, by the Con River people. And that decision was uh, uh, more or less upheld by the Supreme Court of Canada because they denied the right to appeal. So uh, right. that's, a, that's a very high hurdle to get over. So do you think there's some way of um, of getting beyond uh, the Drew decision? We, um, so in the 2012-2015 term, we had talked about that then, and that's when the Drew decision, uh, you know, we had talked about it at a Hollywood level and how, how it was going to impact our agenda in that regard. So what we had talked about at that time, based on conversations with our legal counsel, was that we, we needed to obtain more evidence. And uh, that will, we would need to be able to do that to try to prove that the conclusions, I guess, that the court reached. And I'm not a lawyer, so I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to be careful here on how I uh, say these things. But, you know, to, to obtain evidence to try to prove otherwise uh, what the court had decided on. But so beyond that, so I think that's important work. So and we need to get our legal counsels at the table for that. I think, too, though, that do we need to have a political conversation with the provincial government and the federal government on these issues so that, yes, we can look at the court case uh, and we can work through the court systems and, and, and that kind of thing. But we need to have that conversation with the province, too. Now, I know Chief Mitchell and others are having uh, conversations on the fishery front and, and that kind of thing, which is great. So we need to work on that, flesh on that, get strategic about it, develop our policy positions on it, and then start meeting with the provincial government on it to see if we can't move things that, uh, you know, on that side of the conversation without having to fully rely on court. So, I mean, I know that this is a this is a loaded file. It's going to take time. It's going to take a lot of conversation and a lot of work. But the time has come, in my opinion, that we, we 
we ramp it up and we start putting this on the radar. The swearing in is scheduled for November 23rd. Uh, yes. And do you know, uh, do you have information on what uh, that event is going to be? Is it going to be a public event where people can see the swearing in? Or is there a more um, business like uh, procedure, the swearing in? Um, I, I've only been served so far about um, the notice for the meeting, which is the 23rd. I, I understand, though, I think the intent is to uh, somehow make it public, but I, I'm not coordinating those logistics. Because, I mean, as you know, I mean, I'm, I'm only in a, the elected position right now. I don't actually take any office until I'm sworn in, so I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not privy to all the planning duties on or planning responsibilities on that yet. So but I, I think the intent is to do that, Glenn, but I, I'm not really the one to be able to answer that question for you. Do you think um, the next three years will be different than the than the past three? All the incumbents but one were reelected. The the only one who wasn't was the guy you beat, Joe Buzan. Uh, the chief uh, was elected with, I think it's fair to say, a landslide. So do you think that will quiet some of the um, the discontent towards the past council and that uh, the next term will be smoother sailing? Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. All, all, I, all I know is that this election did, you know, it told us that, and it's not that, you know, we, we needed the election to do that because I think we're, we've all been talking about it. We do have issues that we need to address. And so I think that these next three years, at least from my perspective, is going to be looking forward and how do we, how do we deal with those issues that are in our past? How do we move the band forward? So, so I'm hoping, Glenn, and I, and I think that, yes, the next three years, I mean, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot about dealing with the future and dealing also with the issues that we had in the past. So, Do you think council, uh, the new council can be a bit reflective? And uh, though there were many nasty and untrue things said on social media about uh, people on council, perhaps there could have been things that council could have done to communicate better to um, to have a a, rela a better relationship at a difficult time yeah and I think that that's also that's been a learning point and I know some candidates in this election have talked about the importance of communication and will no doubt uh, be working on it I heard communication issues uh, during my own campaign so I think that that uh, that's going to be one of our first conversations because it's not to say that we haven't been doing a good job because I know that that you know we do have communication uh, you know the uh, approaches but perhaps we can enhance them perhaps there's other platforms that we can use so you know the conversation of improvement is always healthy and i think that that's where we need to go so uh, like i said i know that there's candidates that that are moving in that have raised that issue and we've heard it from our members so it's something that the council definitely has to talk about randy drover the new Central Vice Chief of the Halibu First Nation. And that's it for the show. Allison Baker is the technical producer of Mi'kmaq Matters. Celebration time used with the permission of Mi'kmaq artist Marcus Goss. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Listen to Mi'kmaq Matters on Bay of Islands Radio and Norris Point at Wacky Harbor. Tune in on The Voice of Bombay in St. John's catches on CHMR. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Till next time.